Coming up on Squats and Margaritas. The best recovery and moments of my life have been real people who have sat down with me and said, Ashley, you are full of shit. Mm. Okay. I was in treatment. And I was like, look at it. I can't get any recovery here. Okay. You guys are all <laughs> jealous of me. Well, you have to understand also when you have a narcissist parent, they will never, ever say that anything about their child or them is wrong. It's everybody else, right? So growing up when something would happen that was wrong, my, my narcissist, covert narcissist uh, parent would say, well, they're just jealous of you, Ashley. Mm-hmm. They're just jealous. My answer to everything as a child was <laughs> they're just jealous of you. I'm not kidding. I mean, I was like, they're just jealous of you. So when I got into treatment, I was like, I can't get any recovery here. I swear my life. I was like, no, that makes sense. Jealous of me. Everybody's jealous of me. This therapist that I was in treatment, she brought me into her office and she had me sit down and she said to me, Ashley, I want to tell you something. I just want you to know there is absolutely nothing about you that I'm jealous of. Oh my God. And she's like, and you can go back to your room. And I was like, <laughs> hey, senorita, really nice to meet you. Have some tequila and stay. This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's master certified personal trainer, meaning 45,000 hours of training clients one-on-one. It's celebrity trainer, Ashley Borden. You know her from the Kelly Clarkson show, Revenge Body with Khloe Kardashian, which is where I initially saw her. She's trained celebrities from Ryan Gosling, Christina Aguilera, Reese Witherspoon, She's 51 and in sick shape. And I want to talk about how we should be training when we're approaching perimenopause, menopause, you know, late thirties, early forties. Should we be doing the high intensity workouts? How much more is it nutrition than exercise for weight loss? How do I get her abs? Please hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode. It helps me so, so much. And you'll get an alert every time a new Squats and Margaritas episode drops. Here's my episode with Ashley Borden. Hi. Hi, Erin. I'm sorry. I was a little bit late. I was just reading the list of celebrities that you trained. So it took a little bit longer yeah, than my normal. Did you, mm-hmm. did you get up early to start reading it this morning? It was, it was a little longer than my typical introduction. <laughs> you got to make sure you warm up. You stretch oh, yeah. it out. You get really, you know what I mean? Because it's the mouth. You got you to rattle them all off. We have a lot in common and I have found that a lot of women in this fitness wellness space are doing it to empower women because they have been through something. And I have, I struggled with bulimia and anorexia for over a decade. Did I read that your eating disorder started at eight? Yes. Can we, can we talk about that time? Yeah. I think what some people have a misconception, not you, but you know, people who don't are not um, disordered with their eating, right? Is that they think it's all stemming from body, right? But it's really not. It's all, a lot of it stemming from the lack of control um, or abuse or disconnect of the body or sexual abuse or generally with eating disorders. So my disordered eating started at eight because uh, my- um, I mean, there's, I mean, how long do we have? You want to lay down on the couch? Let me tell you the whole thing. Um, I, I think, I think a big part of, so it was the control of food. So I grew up, um, Carol, uh, the mother had a health food store and my father who has pa- passed away when I was 13 had sporting goods stores. So I grew up around athleticism mm-hmm. and health food stores and all this stuff, right? No sugar, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, it was when my, my parents got divorced 
that my eating disorder started of, of controlling my food was like, um, I wanted to eat what I thought at eight years old was perfect. So I could impress my dad. And I wanted my dad to be like, Oh, you eat so healthy. I mean, it was, you know, it was a whole thing with that, but I wasn't aware of that. And so it wasn't necessarily that I felt at eight years old that I was fat. I was a dancer, super athletic. That was coming from control. That that wasn't, and it was my skin actually at eight. I was like, oh, oh, my skin was breaking out. So I was trying to, you know, not have butter and all these things. But it wasn't until I hit high school that it became like, you know, a paralyzing disorder, mm-hmm. you know, where it was way, way more than that. But again, we might think it's couched in what you look like or you want to lose weight, but it's not. No, this is just our manif- manif- manifestation of whatever it is. It happens to be with food or it would have been if I was drugs were my thing. It probably would have been drugs. Alcohol is my thing. It would have been alcohol. My thing was the controlling with food and exercise and all that. Mm-hmm. But I had bought them really young. I mean, I had bought them at 18. So I went into treatment, 12 step treatment uh, OA at 18 years old. So I was, you know, I've been in recovery for a long time. What? sparked like so 10 years like you were struggling since eight what it did something happen at 18 that you were like enough and you went into treatment what i was gonna die it was like either i was gonna kill myself or i need to get high i I was done at eight you know for for that long of it's the mental it's the mental yes it's the mental and i want to say that you know i grew up in a in a household where are you ready for this? Yes. Nobody asked me a fucking question. Okay. Nobody ever said, what's wrong? Yeah. Nobody ever said, well, where's this coming from? I came from a family where it was, you're so angry. (laughs) Ashley, you're so angry. Oh, you're so, she's so angry. Oh, she's so angry. She said, how about this? Ask somebody why? What's going on, honey? What's making you feel so angry at such a young age? Can I ask you something real quick? If they asked you, would you have been like, would you have denied it? Or would you have been it's, open, like receptive to that? You mean if somebody had said, if somebody was you like, struggling and you'd be like, oh my God, yes, I'm struggling. Like there's no chance I would have admitted it when I was in my mess. Well, here's the difference, right? If I was asking you, Aaron, if you're in the middle of your bulimia, right? Yeah. And you're throwing up and all that, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to say to you, are you throwing up? You know, what I would say is it really feels like you are so sad mm-hmm. and, and you feel really angry. I want to just know, just share with me what's going on. What, yeah. what's making you feel so angry, not saying, are you throwing up? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the shame about it. It's, it's really, you know, and, and by the way, yes, I think what you're saying is true. I mean, you're talking to you and I right now where we are calm and in recovery. I mean, hell hath no fury, like a, a, a person in the middle of an eating disorder. Yeah. We're desensitized, but when you're in it, well, I was defensive AF. Like, I mean, nobody knew what I was doing because it, especially with bulimia, it's such a shameful, Shame. secretive, gross thing. Like I didn't want anyone to know what I was doing, but obviously you could see something was off. And for anyone not familiar with bulimia and may think that like you throw up your food, you're super skinny. I was the heaviest that I ever was when I was bulimic and I was puffy. I used mm-hmm. to throw up all of your hormones and I just looked like me too. No one was thinking eating disorder because I wasn't super skinny. They were just like, I mean, something was off and no chance I would have been like, Oh my God, guess what? Never. Right. But I do want to say that you say maybe nobody was thinking you were thinking that nobody was thinking that, but let me tell you, I know many females where I'm around them and I can like, it's 
pouring out of them, even if they're just bulimic. I mean, it's a it's a feeling and a look that as a recovered person, I'm sure you two can feel that, right? You know, and identify. And yeah, there's so much shame around bulimia because it's not in the fucked up world of eating disorders, it's, it's the at worst. the bottom rung. Grossness, I think it goes like laxatives first, okay. then bulimia. Then okay. you know, I'll I mean, give you that. Yes, <laughs> but at the same time, it's all it's all the same shit. No pun intended. You know what I mean? Yes. And did you go to treatment? Were you in a treatment? Center? I'm so glad that you asked me that. Um, when you said both of us now in recovery, like obviously, I do not abuse my body anymore. But Ashley, like, I wrote a book about finding this balance that I live now, it was to help the woman who's working out and not seeing results. And because I shared my eating disorder story, it made it to the eating disorder community who has come for me because of my fat phobic language. And I'm not even like, I used to be super defensive. I'd be like, this is my story and I'm going to speak on it. But I know now what they mean. Like the language I use. Who are they? Who is they? Eating disorder therapists and like so many Amazon reviews, this woman should not be talking about recovery. If what she's saying is not in line with how professionals seek recovery or see recovery. And I said, I never went to treatment. And so maybe mentally I will never be full. Like I'll always have this mess, even though I don't physically abuse my body anymore. I say the wrong things. Like I caught myself. I know this is the wrong thing, but I almost said when I was bulimic, I look like I was in a fat suit of my body and people were like, <gasps> what's wrong with like, that? It's true. I'm, I'm like, like a makeup fat. You're like, you shouldn't say you are okay. fat phobic. And I'm like, so now when I was describing it to you, I was like, don't say that because no, that's no, 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 so, no, 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 I didn't I, go to treatment and only because of the shame. If I went to treatment, everybody would know. And I couldn't have that. Well, so. first of all, that's a bunch of bullshit because <laughs> the only people who are experts on their own recovery is the person who's in their own recovery and in 12 step programs specifically, which is yeah, what you did, which is what my recovery is through OA, you would never shame somebody coming and be like, sorry, Aaron, you're, you know, I mean, look at, l- let me back up in yeah. OA in 12 step overeaters program, anonymous, just in case overeaters. Anybody. Yeah. Overeaters anonymous is my recovery. It is a free it is around the world and wow. it is it is uh, my recovery through the 12 step program. Right. So people are familiar with like AA. <clears throat> right. Mm-hmm. But they might be like, wait, what's OA? Mm-hmm. And OA started called Overeaters Anonymous. But it isn't just for overeaters. It's for it's any type of disordered eating, anorexia, oh. bulimia, compulsive overeating, compulsive exercise, under exercise, under eating. You name it. Doesn't matter. Right. And the concept of the 12 step program is that we are basically holding on to every ounce of every shameful act of everything we've ever done. And anybody who is an addict has uh, probably novels of shame that they carry around with them, Mm -hmm. you know? So the, the beauty of the 12 step program that's free, right? Is that we go through, go through the steps, but then you hit your four step, which is that you make a moral inventory of pay people and places that you might have harmed what your part in it was, and then what your amends are. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So this four step could take months, right? But the whole idea of it is that we take an inventory to release all of our shame. Now recovery. And by the way, I want to say to any therapist who would say that to you, I mean, look, I've seen therapists for my whole life, but I have 30 years recovery from an eating disorder. I will say this, that I feel like I am just as knowledgeable of eating disorders as 
and it's it, to me, it's interesting. A, a therapist who's an addiction specialist who's never had an addiction to me is very interesting that that could be. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> must be very challenging to do. It's like me being a me being a pregnancy specialist, but I've never been pregnant. Yes. Um, would be probably a little bit more challenging than if I had actually had a baby and then I could, you know, I can help you with your stuff, but I have not had a baby come out of my vagina. So it's like not the same thing. Thank I mean, by the way, that. and let, let me say, you don't have to have a baby to come out of your vagina nope, to be an come expert. Out of your- as a mom, anyone could carry the baby, but I'm saying like, I don't have children. Right. So, but I still can have my opinion and give advice, but it's not the same thing. But I- you've been through it. And that's why I feel yeah. like, and I don't, like I end up, it's probably not good that I'm like mentoring so many women that come to me because they're like, you're the first person I've told, thank you for saying it out loud. And I am like, I'm not a therapist, but it's like, they want to come to me because I'm so open with it. And when you go to a treatment center and you're looking at someone with a clipboard and you're like, you don't have a clue what this feels like you haven't been through it. So it's like, if people are going to come to me, I'm not going to be like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to speak on it. I'm, I'm not a professional. I don't have the letters next to my name. I'm going to help whoever I can help. And just by showing them like, this is what happened to me. This is how I came out of it and how I live now. And if that's right. like the wrong way, which people say like, you shouldn't be speaking on this. I don't want to stop. Cause I know that what I needed this message, like 10 years, 20 years ago is like that person that is still in it this could help them. So how do we not share it? Well, of course. Well, first of all, I mean, look, it's one thing if you're like, take these pills and this is going to get rid of your eating disorder. Okay. Then you'll be shut down people. Right. Or another thing, if you're like, come live in my basement and I'm going to, you know, I mean, (laughs) so I should, all the people in my basement should not be there. Let them out. Let them out. (laughs) But, but you know what? It's really, okay. Part, part of it is it's like, this is what worked for me. Okay. And this is what I say. This is what I say with Uh, even coaching with my mind over muscle, uh, my business course with, you know, all the trainers that I work with, uh, over the years, right. It's the same thing. I say, look at, this is what's worked for me with my career. This is how, if you want what I have now, they say in program and it's the same thing in life, right? If you want what I have, this is how I went about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and it could be anything. It could be my, you know, someone's piece. It could be the way they're running their life, but it's the same thing with training. Right. And there's many, there's thousands of trainers that are out there. Right. So I'm not saying that the way that I run my business is the way to run your business. I'm saying that this is how I run my business for, um, you know, the last probably the 20, I mean, I've been training 91, but you know, for the last, whatever, 20 years and, and, you know, a multi-million dollar company that I did from came from nothing. So this is, and, and that you can still maintain your uh, integrity and Mm -hmm. still run the business the way you want to. And so that's the same thing with you. It's like, I just want to help people understand that you can be in recovery. You don't have to have 12 step recovery. If you have, if Aaron Washington feels mental peace, that's what's the most important. If you are not abusing your body and abusing your mind, then you have recovery. Yes. Well, I'm not trying as hard either. And that's the thing. Like, I want to share that, like all that restriction and over-exercise and stressing out that never got me to the physical ideal that I finally found living life with balance. And I said the words, this is what I was, tell me honestly, like, cause yeah. you've been through recovery. A lot of them, of the people that come for me have a problem with their, like, you're still making it about a physical ideal. You're oh, wait, happy. Who, who, wait, hold on. Stop, stop for a second. I will here's my question. Here, no, here's my question. Shut the fuck up talking about my own life. Somebody else. How about that? Let's, I mean, I'm that. putting it out there. So I'm always like, you're going to get like, 
criticism. But, say, but who's to judge you on your own recovery? Who on earth could say to you, how dare you say that about your own recovery? Because apparently if you had done the steps, it would not be about a physical ideal. You should be happy mm -hmm. at any size. And because, and I do, she did make, I actually had the president of mm -hmm. an eating disorder foundation on very much like this. And I was not defensive. I just kind of took it. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't want to say things that are not like that are fat phobic. And she's like, you're making it about a physical ideal and you're happy because your fat phobia was satisfied. And she's like, and if that changes and something, God forbid, you can't work out, she said, and you gain weight. I worry about your mental health because you're happy because you've found your physical ideal. You know what and my I was question is? I mean, what? my, I, 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 of course <laughs> we don't, we always want to make sure we're not talking to ourselves. Let's start with that. Right. That we're not taught, we're not yeah. projecting to other people about, a, I just want to make sure just in case things change in your life and you have to mean that, look at, I, I hear what I hear it too. I yeah. hear what somebody's saying about that, but I mean, look at, I have worked with thousands, thousands, hands-on of women. Okay. Yeah. Thousands and of all different shapes, sizes, you name it, right? Um, revenge body, mm -hmm. uh, you know, working in a short period of time, pressure cooker. I've worked with morbidly obese population. I've worked with severely anorexic population. I've worked with everybody, okay? And everybody, it's the same thing. Everybody has something that's a thing that started it, that mm -hmm. they either buried and never looked at, and then that's what compounds on it. So when you can strip it down to, if you, when you can find, okay, when somebody has a disordered eating, like I'll generally say, like when I did revenge body, and for instance, I'll use Alex. She was one of the girls that was on my, my girl, right? And she was obese when we started. And I said, you know, have you been heavy your whole life? And she said, you know, no, not necessarily. And I said, okay, well, let's think, was there an event or anything that started you feeling like, ah, oh, this is fucked up. And, and it, did it trigger anything? And this was on the show. So I'm not sharing anything that, that mm -hmm. was on the show, but she actually was able to identify that the thing that it was for her was that she was still, I mean, this will make me cry. Cause it's still to this day, she was still as a 20 something year old adult carrying around the shame that she had at 13 years old of having an abortion. Oh my God. And and thinking that her mother didn't respect her, that her, and her mom, by the way, is amazing, but yeah, she never had articulated that in her entire life. And we, and she actually said it out loud. And I said to her, okay, well, let's yeah. talk about this for a second. Let's talk about this for a quick second. Could you buy a house at 13 years old? And she was like, no, no. And I said, why? And she's like, well, I didn't have a job. I was 13. I said, okay. And I said, so do you think that you could, you know, buy, start, start a family at that age. And she was like, no. And I was like, exactly. There's a reason why it's called statutory rape at 13 years old. Yeah. It's because you're too young. And this right. person actually committed rape. He was 18. Wow. I said, so I want you to know that this has, you have, you had no part in any of this, even if you think at 13 years old that you're making a decision. Yeah. And it was like the beginning for her with that moment was a, a talking about it and then talking about it with her mom. And we lost in 16 weeks, we lost 50 pounds. Wow. Okay. And her whole changing of herself. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And that's, <laughs> that is, that is the shift. So I don't agree necessarily that Aaron, you could, when something shifts, it shifts. Yes. And I, 
but I will say, and I don't know if this is right to say yeah. my disclaimer, I'm not a professional. I do feel my best in my best physical body. When yeah. I am struggling with my weight or I'm frustrated, I feel like I'm short with my husband. I'm like short with my kids. I'm a better person when I'm happy with my physical body. And it was like, that's not supposed to be, you should be happy at any size. And if that's the truth, I have not found that yet. And maybe I'm not. That's not the definition of recovery. The definition of recovery is that you have inner peace and that you are not white knuckling it and white knuckling. It is (laughs) you holding onto the chair going, I'm recovered. I feel fine. That's not recovered. Okay. (laughs) That's me drinking less. So I can compare that. You, is white you know knuckling. What, well, you I'm know what's interesting that. Can I be honest? Yes, please. This is interesting. Do they go hand I, in hand? Well, no, I, I, I looked, I was looking at your Instagram and I was looking <laughs> at all you, by the way, you have great guests on your, on your um, podcast and my, know, my, 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 here, bis, my business mentor, Jill Coleman was on your podcast <laughs> too, was. who I love. Um, she's great. So it's interesting because right. Yeah. Recovering people might be like, Oh, squats and margaritas. I know. Interesting. So she's shifting her one addiction for the other. And now that's she's, exactly what they say. No, no longer anorexic, but now she's drinking alcohol and she's promoting drinking instead of, you know, totally. Okay. Here's, totally. I want to say this to, for the record. Okay. To the judge and jury that's out there. Everybody's recovery is different. And you, it makes me feel a little upset that you are now questioning your own recovery because somebody is, is telling you mm-hmm. that you're not okay. Cause you know, if, if you are, and if you're not, and I can't even describe it other than, you know, the insanity that triggers in your head when it yes. starts yes. and to diminish somebody's recovery is actually a, even more irresponsible than I don't know. I just find that that's also not very 12 step. That is not 12 step program, right? Here's how, you know, if, so there's different, there's different points of recovery with 12 step. There's OA how, and there's OA overuse anonymous. So OA how is a very strict part of 12 step OA, which is like you, you can, you have, you cannot have sugar or white flour. You may not, you can't speak at a meeting if you ate sugar or white flour, um, because the, in OA, how they think it's like, you know, an AA, like you can't come up and speak in a meeting if you've been drinking. Got it. Okay. Right. You can't. If, so they uh, associate that with the same thing. OA is not the same as, as hardcore like that. Right. Okay. And, and, and OA is run by us. We're all, we are the ones who, uh, all of us are the ones who run program. There's no higher person gotcha. that looks down upon the group and right. says, Aaron, that is actually not Ashley. That is not the right thing to say. We're it's other recovered people that are helping other recovered people. I love that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So yes. it's different than there's somebody who's yes. saying that's not right. That's I, not it's it's imposter syndrome just because I'm speaking on something and I I know I didn't go to treatment. So when somebody corrects me, I'm like, oh, okay. It's not like I'm like, no, I went to treatment, bitch. Like I'm like. Well, oh, hey, but hold on. I Do you feel go. recovered? Do you feel like you have recovery? A hundred percent. Okay. And, so, but that's, what's so interesting about the drinking because squats and margaritas is moderation. Like it's balanced lifestyle. Same and with Jill, right? Same with Jill's moderation. Well, that's three, why six, I went for her. Yes. Because yes. when I lived 
with restriction and deprivation. And for me with the drinking, it was like, I'm not going to drink during the week. I'm going to eat clean. And then Saturday is going to be my drinking day. And right. because it's off limits, you go on a bender you on binge. Saturday, right. you're, you're hungover on Sunday when it's a part of your lifestyle, which it is for me. I have a cocktail every day, but yeah. I can moderate. It's very rare that I have two glasses of wine or two beers. I have my beer because I want to have it. But if it was off limits at some point, I know myself, I'd be like, I made it a week. And then I'm like, oh, and you drink all the beers. (laughs) Okay. So how do you know if you know? Okay. So somebody might be like, well, how do I know if, if I'm ready to do that or not? And, and a good, a good way to know is that you're not obsessed with it. It, because it's, it's not as tempting and enticing. You're obsessed with something that's you're not allowed to have this. It's, I cannot, it's like goosebumps tomorrow at the time of this recording, I am speaking with Annie Grace who wrote a book called this naked mind. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, when somebody sent me this book, it was a guy I went to high school with. I was like, yeah, stay in your lane. Don't worry about my drinking. It's like how to train your brain to like, look at alcohol differently. And I'm like, whatever. And then I got another, I got it again from like a random follower. Mm-hmm. Like, I really think you should read this book. And so I'm like, I was defensive. I read it. I speak to the author tomorrow. I'm telling you, it has 100% changed the way that I look at my drinking. I do not see myself sober because just because with my eating disorder history, I don't want anything off limits. I want to know that I can have it, but I have drank less and we're going to talk through it tomorrow. I, I can moderate in a way that I don't think is typical for most people. And all I can think of is like when we go out places and I'm like with girlfriends, And then we split the tab at the end. And I'm looking at this, like I had a beer or a glass of wine and everybody else had six. And I'm like, this is not every time I'm like, okay. Like, but I want to be like, um, I drank less than everyone else. I see a lot of people around me drinking a lot more and I will drink when I want a drink. I don't drink because it's available. Like if I go to a, a baseball game and it's like, I could have a beer and have a buzz right now. I don't drink. I'm not chasing a buzz. I love the experience. I feel bad. I, I feel bad because I feel like you feel like you have to defend. I do. Every, say, I mean, and I just don't. did a podcast with a sober you guy and he was like, so I didn't hear it till I listened yeah. to it. I was the guest at the end. He was like, when this girl was like, you know, we're going to talk. I'm like squats and margaritas, like fitness influencer who drinks on the weekends. He's like, I was blown away. That's not at all. She's like, moderation has what has made her yes. maintain her life. But like, it, I, that's good feedback for if my Instagram looks like I'm a heavy drinker because it doesn't. What I'm saying is I think when people project, look at in, in social media, on social media, everybody projects everything, right? I mean, the projection that I get, you know, I also, I don't fucking care. I know that's something I want to talk to you about today because I'm not there yet. I care. No, no, no. When people are mean, but, but, but by the way, I mean, I'm also a hundred years older than you. I think 10 years older than me. Exactly. A (laughs) hundred. And it's not that I don't care about people. It's that, look at, I'm very clear with what works for me. And yes, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm OA, but I, I also, I am a THC user. I'm a CBD user. Mm -hmm. Um, it, I think it is, it, it's totally healing. It's something that doesn't spin me out. I feel, I don't like alcohol. That's me. It's not, I don't not drink because yeah, I'm going to fly. I just don't like That's alcohol. I've never yeah. liked alcohol. I, I tried actually, I was like, maybe I just don't understand wine. I just, I don't, I don't <laughs> like it. It tastes like poison in my body, you know? Oh my God. That's what her whole book is. She's like, you're drinking poison. What I you're know. drinking is what you put in your car to make it run. And like, you're, it, but it didn't change my brain. No, like, no, like, no. I mean, 
I mean, yeah, that's like when people are like, you know, <laughs> sugar is killing you. And I'm like, but I love yeah, a jelly bellies, know. you know, <laughs> that's the thing. Like her whole thing is like, I can't wait to talk to her. It's like, you have to change the mindset. You'll never want, or like be tempted to have something that, you know, is not good for you. But I'm like, I know that, like you said, sugar, or I sleep is my favorite. Like I will not oh, do anything. I don't drink. talk about sleep. <laughs> oh, hold on. I am obsessed with sleep. I know more squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Guys, we're moms. We're not out on the town every night anymore. We're chasing our toddlers through our kitchen. But there are those times where you want just that little extra something. Maybe it's a girl's night, a wedding, a date night, a work event. If you're looking for that little extra confidence boost, you need Rejuvalift. Rejuvalift delivers dramatic results to minimize the look of lines, wrinkles, crow's feet, those 11 lines that I have between my eyebrows. I use it on the bags under my eyes. Guys, it works in four minutes and delivers results up to seven hours. I've tried it. I'm obsessed. And now Squats and Margaritas listeners can get 20% off at rejuvaliftbeauty.com using code margaritas. That's R-E-J-U-V-A liftbeauty.com and use promo code margaritas. You need this in your life. Shipping is free. You get 20% off. Go to rejuvaliftbeauty.com. Now back to squats and margaritas. I don't drink wine after I'll have a glass of wine with dinner, but I would never have a glass of wine near the nighttime because I don't want it to fuck up my sleep. And so like, do I know that if I just went on a um, reunion with all my college girlfriends, did I stay up way too late? And I knew I was going to feel bad the next morning and I should be sleeping. Yes. But it's like, it's worth it to me to have that time. I think that's how people rationalize it. Like, yeah, it's bad for you, but if it's something that you, like I can over rationalize it's poison, but it's like, I know it's bad for me, but like, I'm going to feel shitty in the next morning, but it's like, if it's in moderation and it's not every, like, I can't say it's not every day. Cause I have a glass of wine but, every but day. But here's, but here <laughs> is the thing again, here's how, you know, is that you have to, not you, but people have to ask themselves, is it something that's making me feel crazy? Is it something that I'm holding weird shame about that? I am know, holding I'm, weird shame about it, but, but why? This is the thing, because of other, like, I know other for, people because of other people, hundred percent. Like I know that it, drinking is not a problem. Like I never, I don't drink to excess. I don't understand binge drinking. I don't understand when like we're at a bar and I have a beer, but it's like, as soon as the other people's beers gone, it's like, they need another beer. Like I don't. And then again, the check comes. I'm like, I had one beer. Everybody else had seven, but I, I don't want to get like that, but I have shame about it. I will completely admit I can't not have my beer or my glass of wine every day. I need that. So I'm addicted to moderate drinking. (laughs) Okay. I mean, <laughs> fine. I, she's like, well, then you, you, if you need to have it. And I was like, yes, she was okay. drinking two bottles of wine every night before she went to bed. <laughs> okay. Well, well, but by the way, everybody, quit. but I can't quit. Like she, she's like a 30 day challenge. I can't do a 30 day okay, challenge actually. Okay. But Aaron, you don't have to do a 30 day challenge. And by the way, newsflash, just because <laughs> she did that doesn't mean you have to do that. But the, I think the fact that I can tell you, I can't do a 30 day challenge is like, then that's a problem. If you can't go 30 days without alcohol, but it's like, I'm not going 30 days without binge drinking, you know, but I do have the shame yeah. that I'm like, you but can't look go 30 at- days. No, I can't. <laughs> Admittedly, I cannot. 
I want to no, 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 no. The answer is that's not the answer. The answer is you don't want to. Could no, you? No, I don't want to. No, no. Could you? Absolutely, oh, true. you could. Okay, one hundred and fifty percent, you could. There's a big difference in the verbiage. So you absolutely could. You could actually not drink for a whole year if you had to, but you don't want to. So there's because a it difference. doesn't impact my life negatively. Okay, so God but, bless you. Enjoy your wine and your. Know, that's what I think. But like the whole, I think it's because of the book. How did this become this topic of this? <laughs> Look, we're having therapy right now because Aaron's having a lot of shame. Have you ever been to a twelve-step meeting? No. Okay. Have you ever been to OA? Do you understand the goosebumps that I just got? No. Do you know OA. Gabby Bernstein? Like, yeah, the spiritual guru. Mm-hmm. I talked to her a month ago, mm-hmm. and at the end of the episode. That's exactly. She's like, have you ever been to a 12 step meeting? I was like, what? No, well, because but now it, it's the second time. But the reason, but the reason is, be, and again, this is, this is, I'm not a therapist, but I hear so much <laughs> shame that writing your fourth step is okay. Let me, let me say this, like for years, for years in the beginning of my recovery, I was like, if anybody knew that I used to dig food out of my garbage can in my kitchen, I will fucking die if anyone knows that. Then that was my leading statement forever. It was like the thing that brings me the most shame. I have to say it, right? 100%, yes. But, But also here's the thing. We can't... Because it's the there's billions of people out there, right? You, the way that we le, le, live our life is not going to appease every single person in the world. I mean, you know, somebody might say to me, "Oh, you're in twelve step, but you smoke weed." I'm like, "Yeah, that's I have kind of what I'm getting." Yeah, it's like, you're yeah, I do, but I'm not. Vice. But I'm not. I. It I, doesn't affect my, my your life, life negatively. Well, the question is, has has something made your life become unmanageable? No. And so if the answer is no, okay. But again, it's not my, it's not my place to judge your recovery. And uh, you say, I'm not, or am I in recovery? Uh, Yeah, you are because you're you're not, your head's not in the toilet vomiting throughout the day. You have peace. You have found, you have a podcast, you're helping other people. So, you know, shame on, shame on people who shame other people's recovery. If you were telling people that you need to drink alcohol in order to overcome your eating disorder, gotcha. I could understand okay. where somebody would be like, Aaron, that's not the right thing to yes. say, but that's not what you're saying. No, my whole thing is nothing is off limits because then right. it's more. And I stopped, I guess we could talk a little bit about that since this has been nothing that I was going to talk to you about what yeah. my balanced lifestyle that I found after 20 years of over-exercise like drastically reducing my calories and being 20 pounds heavier when yeah. I was living that way. Now I eat truly whatever I want. Yeah. I eat a lot more often, but I'm mindful and I check in. And if I'm, if I'm satisfied, not full, I stop eating. And then I'll end up finishing that same meal in like an hour. I put muscle on my body. Yep. And before I was a cardio bunny seven days a week yep. and pay me to take a day off. My book is to the woman working out and not seeing results that is on the cardio machine seven days a week, only eating salads, everything that I used to do. Nothing is off limits. Put muscle on your body and listen to your hunger cues. That is my message with squats and margaritas. That's great. And, and I think that to take it a step further Mm -hmm. for, for women, especially to understand this is this. So the reason, see, I'm big on like, you need to tell me why you okay. can't just tell me to stop doing something and not tell me why, because okay. I'm like, nah, yes, you know tell why. why. Cause again, I'm not a trainer to so your certified right. master trainer. Tell us why. So when we do cardio, 
Okay. Uh, cardio, you get endorphins, which is great. It's really good for your heart. Right. But cardio does not give you any, if you're doing like a, if you were doing like circuit training with heavier strength training, right. You don't get any epoch effect, right. You don't get any post calorie burning for 36 hours past that. But beyond that, right. When we lift weights and you get breaking down the muscle and then you are hungry, let me tell you what you're not hungry for a salad with just like a little <laughs> bit of chicken. You're hungry for real food because you've just broken down all that muscle tissue and you want to build that muscle back. Right. When yes. you do cardio, it triggers such hunger, right. In a different way than it is with strength training. Also cardio is not the same kind of feeling of a capability that strength training is. So you don't get also the hormone release. So when, okay, I'm going to make this, this is going to be like a very butchered way of explaining it. But <laughs> so let's say you were to do five pushups. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're breathless after five, that is a good indicator that you are releasing human growth hormone and testosterone, right? Which is mm. HGH is what everyone in LA is injecting themselves with. Right. <laughs> so the only two natural ways that we can get human growth hormone is through sleep and through strength training, right? training heavy enough. So you get that hormone release and you don't get any hormone release with cardio in that way. So what we're looking for is women. And especially if you've been doing the cardio stuff and doing like bar method, and you've been doing that, your teens, your twenties, you're getting in your early thirties and you're like, what the hell is happening to my body? Mm-hmm. You can't, you have to do big muscle strength training because that is what is going to give you the hormone release that you desperately need as you get also attacks that core belly fat. Also, the more muscle you have, the higher your metabolic rate, the tighter your skin as you get older. You know, you don't fluctuate the same way you do as if you, and by the way, you could do cardio and still have very high body fat. Yeah. Skinny fat, you know, skinny fat. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I was skinny fat when I was younger. I exactly just the frustrated state that I lived in when I was like, I work out seven days a week. I barely eat because yep. it was ingrained in my body. It's calories in versus calories out. So if I over-exercise and barely eat, but it's like, you get to a point where your body is holding on to everything you put in it because you're over-exercising and it doesn't trust you. And it's like, my body knows now I'm going to work out maybe four times a week. I'm going to be strength training and I'm going to eat. I eat all day long, right. and I weigh 20 pounds less Right so to that woman that thinks for me too. I was like, the men are in the weight room. The women uh, do cardio. You just do the cardio machine. But I always say, next time you're in the gym, look around the women with that body that you're trying to get is not on the treadmill. She's in the weight room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's 2022. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is not my opinion. This is what science yes. has done many studies. So The other thing is you need to be very wary of anyone who's created a new system. Okay. There's no such thing as new systems of training. (laughs) What, what works is tried and true strength training, barbell, dumbbell work doing that. I have about 11 programs that are for in the gym, uh, or if you have a, um, dumbbells only program, right. Mm -hmm. And, and having cohesive pro here's the other thing you, when you have cohesive programming that you follow, your body gets stronger. It puts on more muscle. There's a reason why you need to follow the right type of programming and why you won't necessarily see results. If you don't know how to phase your repetitions, increase your weight at the right time, which is not, you know, I always say if the dentist office was open to the public, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily know how to use it. Right. I mean, you would just use, you would just use the toothbrush, which is 
which is the gym, why everybody's on a treadmill yes. is because they don't know how to use this stuff. Right? True, you know what I mean? Great analogy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not that someone's wrong. It's that they just don't know. So, um, you know, you need to follow some type of program and it doesn't have to be, by the way, you don't have to kill yourself. You know, I, I've done CrossFit. I've done gone through all these different phases of stuff. You don't need to kill yourself to do that. No. Um, and, and we shouldn't be right. Like when we're like perimenopausal or like, let's say like anybody listening to this late thirties, like in their forties, shouldn't we be working out like less intensity or is that a myth? Well, no, I don't, I don't know if necessarily is that it's, it's, what are you doing? Right. I mean, like, do you need to be snatching with a barbell Olympic weight? I mean, yeah. no, not necessarily. <laughs> should, should you know how to clean a, a barbell? Yeah, you should, because you need to be able to bring a barbell up, up from your waist to your shoulders if you're going to use it. Okay. Um, do you need to be training to the point of vomiting? No. Okay. You know, but intensity is intensity is all relative, right? But you need to have intensity. Like when you're lifting or you're lifting heavy, that's intense. Okay. You, you need to have some intensity to your workout in order to break through plateaus of your fitness level, but you don't need to be, it's what are we doing, right? It's not necessarily how intense is it? It's when this, what the hell are you doing in this intense? Yeah. I mean, if you're doing an intense set of heavy goblet squats where you're holding a dumbbell mm -hmm. and you're holding a 60 and you're doing a set of 10 and when you're done, you're like, holy you're shit, <laughs> yeah. that's intense. Yeah. Right. But it's D yeah. different than, uh, you know, uh, you know, something crazy where, you know, you're holding, you know, three med balls and you're running down the street with your neck falling off, trying to get, you know, I mean, there's just different ways of, and you're of like, intensity. look how intense this is. Yeah. So intensity <laughs> is, is, is good. It's just, what are we doing? With, you need with a structured it? program. And yeah, if somebody I mean, is like looking for exercise to, I, I feel like most people that are working out to see a fat loss or a change in their body, how much is it nutrition versus exercise when you're looking for that change? Well, you know, everybody says abs are made in the kitchen, but you know, I, 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 I want to know I where would... you got yours because they are sick. Oh, thank you. Your abs. Tell, you know where I got mine? You know where I got mine? From a barbell. <laughs> Aha. I will tell you that the minute I stopped, this was in my forties. So I stopped in my forties. Uh, I was 39 and I was like, you know what? I am going to start doing jujitsu. That was at 39. And mm -hmm. I was like, I am going to stop training for my aesthetics and I'm going to start training for function and being a strong bitch. So I hired a trainer at the time I had for 10 years. And then now my coach now is Lisa Maximus, who's a world champion power lifter. Mm. But um, I had, had just decided that I wanted to learn how to lift with a barbell. And so as I started doing that, one day I woke up and I was like, oh, <laughs> I swear my life. I was like, I wanted a six pack my whole life. And I was like, when I stopped trying to get it, and then I started focusing on just being stronger, all of a sudden my body started responding in a way that I used to always want when I was like 27, 28, you yes. know, 456 with my crunches and all of that. Is and that stress? Because you stopped stressing it and like all the cortisol no, that like I said, I'm I was lifting correctly. I'm, I'm actually lifting heavy weight. Correctly. I'm actually, I am loading weight on my body. I'm holding a barbell on my back. I'm pressing a barbell. I am, I am. You didn't training. name one thing that was an ab workout. I was going to ask you about that. How much is it like your ab workout, uh, like your bicycle things versus just bracing your core while you're lifting? That is an ab workout. That's so it though. Hold, you don't do abs, like your ab portion of your exercise. You just I will brace. do, 
I will do. So here's the thing, right? Like your core work, it, hold a barbell on your back. You will feel your core. Do a pull up. You will feel your core. Do a dip. You will feel your core. Right. But what are core moves that I like to add in? Like, so my, my class that I, which by the way, I would love to um, have you come take a class sometime with my body foundation class that it's online. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I have a free trial week for anybody. It's in my bio link on my okay. page. <laughs> Ashley Borden fitness um, on Instagram. Actually, Ashley Borden fitness on Instagram. <laughs> but um, like a lot of the core stuff we do are stuff that translates into how does this help on a daily basis, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of planks, a lot of side bridge, a lot of hollow body hold. Um, what I do is I do a lot of um, hanging lower ab raises. I do a lot of stuff to strengthen my lower abdominal area, my obliques. And by the way, I had an L4, L5 injury. So all of my training and my core training is to make my core bulletproof. It's not about aesthetics at all for me. It's about holding a, a 50 pound dumbbell and doing roll-ups, you know, on the ground and like heavy, strong stuff. Cause I mean, people think they look at somebody and well, a lot of people think, you know, like I teach, uh, you know, bar method or something. No offense that not saying that that's a negative <laughs> thing. I'm bad. just saying, I'm just saying, you know, uh, people don't off the bat assume that I lift heavy you know, it's just and, funny that you weren't looking for an aesthetic and then you got the aesthetic, like the most perfect abs when you were not even focused on that. When you but stop that's the key, that yeah. is like you said, that is the key. And when you train in with desperation, your the cortisol release of the stress also PS you're obsessing about your body is releasing cortisol, which is resulting in more core belly fat. And by the way, whenever I have somebody, it's not very often, but couple times, like I've had some, like I had a client once, this is not very often, but she was just uh, so inappropriate and she had to be fired, but she told me to fuck off about something. Oh, cause she didn't want, she didn't want to pay. Right. Whatever. Long story. She didn't want to pay. And I was like, I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. I mean, then you can't, <laughs> then you can't, I have to pull your time. And she's like, you know what? You're a fucking bitch to me. Right. Whatever. And I said, okay, you know what? Before we hang up, I just want to give you some free advice. I know that you've been really struggling with your core belly fat. And I think we found what the problem is. I said, your anger and your vitriol that you spew constantly, that is a huge reason why you can't get rid of your core belly fat. And I said, I'll leave it with that. And I said, good luck with everything. Oh she, I, because it, you know, I mean, and now I, she's sorry. a trainer with like these sick abs and <laughs> she's like, no, she's I a mess. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, you but, said, but, but you made me think like just that, like tenacity and you're so frustrated all the time, like during your training, my whole life was that when we mm -hmm. would go out to dinner, I'm like pulling up menus. Like, is there a salad mm -hmm. that I'll eat? Mm -hmm. Um, we go on vacation. I would set an alarm, make sure I got a workout in before my family got up, um, making sure that the hotel had a gym. Everything was so, I would just stress everything like that mental load. And now, and I said, it was all in pursuit of this physical ideal that I never found living right. that way. So my message now is like, if you just live with balance, nothing's off limits. You have what you want. You don't have a ton of it. You have like the thing that you want every single day. It's not off limits. Then there's no reason to binge. It's less tempting. It's not as enticing. I have found and I like my physical ideal and I enjoy my life now. It doesn't That's have to so be that good. hard. Yes. And it's, it was so but, hard and I was heavier. And it was like, I was just so frustrated. Well, I think you said something that's also really important, which is, you know, like we said, everybody has a different um, journey. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. If you find yourself, if you're like, oh, I'm going to try doing what Aaron's doing, right? And let's say you're trying to do what Aaron's doing and you feel really spun out trying mm -hmm. to do it, then, then that's a really good indicator. Be like, oh, 
you know what, maybe I should go to an OA meeting and see if that might help me. Mm -hmm. Like all of this is good. Like it, some people, they can totally moderate and do that. Some people might try it and then be like, oh, I didn't realize that this is actually a lot worse. There's, I have a newsflash. There is different (laughs) level. There are different levels of everyone's addiction, everyone's recovery. You know, I was told in the beginning of my recovery, when I started my recovery in January of 1990, when I went to treatment, Mm -hmm. I was told I, I, I did not have sugar, white flour, alcohol, caffeine, or any drugs, right. For a solid year, my first, because I was told that this is how I was going to have to live my life in order to be sane. Now, let me tell you. Oh, like you can't trust yourself around no, those no, things, no. so they have to be off limits? No, they, what? that's what they pull from you because they're like sugar, white flour, caffeine, alcohol, and drugs are all addictive and you can't take any of them because all of that is going to destroy your life. But right? it makes this you is, want it more when it's well, all- so, so in the beginning of program, right, when I was in treatment, I, I was so fucked up yeah. that I was desperate. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll do this. And it was so hard. And I did it for a year. Okay. Mm. I went to meetings every day. I was in treatment first for the first two months. And I came out and went to meetings. I had a sponsor and all this stuff because I was, it was either I was going to die or I needed to, I, I, I needed someone to teach me how to live because I didn't know, I couldn't live. I didn't know yeah. how to function at mm-hmm. all. And I was very scared. Everyone was like, if you have sugar or white flour again, you're going to go back to the way you were before and it's going to be fucked up. And so it wasn't until, here's the thing, you have to go through some form of, of rehabilitation. Yes. To stop the action, right. In order to, to have a moment to feel like if this is right for you. And what I found after my first year and year, and then my second year of doing it was that, okay, you know, I can have some, I had coffee. I'm not a drinker. That wasn't my thing. I do understand the reason in the beginning of recovery, why they don't want you drinking alcohol, smoking weed and doing that is because you have to, to have the clarity to really go through the stuff that got you in there in the first place. And by the way, none of what got you there has anything to do with the way you look. Yeah. I have a newsflash. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really does not. Um, I think it's easier to think that we could just focus and that's what it is as opposed to dealing with whatever. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, the family dynamics, sexual abuse, um, you know, stuff that's super dark that, that, and that's the thing. So this is, this is the, okay. So the last thing I'm going to say, no, please. you know, when, when, when we deal with eating disorders, right. Sometimes when you start digging, it is dark. And there is a lot of sexual abuse around people who have eating disorders. It's a very wow. common thing, right? So that's why I say to people, absolutely. If you're finding that this way and, and, and training and having moderation works for you, great. But I still feel like you have to have a place to work through your demons. Mm-hmm. You will not, and my hand to God, you will absolutely not have any type of recovery if you just switch. So if you're like, okay, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm just going to exercise. Well, it will come back. I mean, you know, could I not have any THC for 30 days? Yeah. I don't want to. Do I want to not have it? No, I, I don't. And it's why, not why? negatively affecting my life. But she, she would say with like THC or with not going to sleep at the right time, that's not a, like addictive thing that's going to make you not be able to stop ever. And like, if it did, could it's be. not going to kill you. 
is she's like, that's the difference. Like this poison, when you wait, you don't wake up with a hangover. You don't wake up. And I'm not saying that I do, but I'm like, all the premises of her book is like alcohol is like, it, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And if you don't stop now, and if you can't stop now, like I'm going to be a hot mess. I, I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to this I'm conversation. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. So I have, there's a person that she, I've known her for years. Right. And she's an actress and she, I actually 12 stepped her into program years, decades ago into 12 stepped her into OA years ago. Um, and now she is a raging alcoholic. Okay raging alcoholic and, and knows that there, the, there's a darkness with her alcohol consumption. I mean, also like, you know, one of those people who were like, when you have taught, I've taught, I've talked to once and just was (laughs) annihilated on the phone and like verbally abusive and dark. Do you know what I mean? I do. I know some of those. Yes. Right. So, so that is somebody who is and she knows she's an alcoholic and yeah. is not at all willing to, t- to take that next step of actually getting sober because she's a, a, a complete alcoholic, right? So there's a big difference though. And, 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 and somebody says, well, who are you to diagnose somebody with that? I'm like, I am somebody that's in program for 30 years and I, yes. I, I've, all I am is around people and I am an empath and I'm not judging it. I'm just saying that there's a difference, right? And when, when somebody is unhinged, right? This person, yes. this girl, that she is unhinged when she drinks. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, that might be where somebody's like, okay, maybe I really, and, and they know they need to look at that. I keep on getting this thing to me that for you, by the way, I mean, that that's that you um, just <laughs> need to do like a four step for yourself, whether, even if it's not through program to just okay. write down to, to get rid of, the shame that you're carrying, because I mean, honestly, Aaron, nobody can, nobody can tell you how to have your own recovery. That is really wrong. It's just that because I didn't go to therapy for or treatment, it's like whatever anybody else says. And like, I have nothing to back it up because I didn't go to treatment. So they must Yeah. But, but what your backup is, is this is what worked for me. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And I I think that like, I was still holding it. It's funny because I spoke at an event with Gabby Bernstein. I was speaking with her and she, so I read all her books before I was on this panel with her. And it was like the first step to releasing shame is saying it out loud or something. Mm-hmm. I stopped my bulimic have I, I, first of all, I was bulimic, anorexic exercise, bulimia, mm-hmm. all the things. Bulimia was the one that took over the most of my life. Yes, of course. I stopped doing it, but I never said it out loud. I never acknowledged it. I never wrote it. And it was like, when I wrote my book and I had a writing coach that kind of pushed me because she was like, and I'm sure you're thinking too, like, I have this wellness site. It's like, are you a nutritionist? Are you a trainer? And I'm like, no, but I figured something out. You have to lift heavy and eat more. And I want to like help the women. Mm-hmm. She's like, why would anyone listen to you? And she's like, if there was a story that got you to this point of balance. And I was like, no, no, no. Like I'm, I'm, I'm past it. I don't even want to go there anymore. She made me write it. And it was like, Mm -hmm. as soon as I wrote it, Ashley, I had not even sent it back to my editor yet. I was just like, like it was out and it was, I was lighter. That's like what I'm saying. Now I share everything because my big one is out. (laughs) Yes, that's exact. 
that we, it, there's a saying in program that is, I, by the way, and I didn't mean this whole thing to be some 12 step thing. Me but either, but I feel like this is what it was supposed to be. If that makes sense. Exactly. Like, this is what this was. Supposed I agree. To be. And there's a okay. thing at 12 step that's that the, that the saying is you're as sick as your secrets. Yes. And your secrets keep you sick. Yeah. Your secrets keep you sick. I don't know. I just feel like, okay, instead of me judging somebody, right? Like, so let's say I was speaking to somebody and I was like, oh, Jesus, Erin is just off the chain. She does not <laughs> she was understand. Drunk during the interview. She was drinking and drunk she was during over. Her, while she's squatting. <laughs> um, you know, I might say instead of a judgment, I, I might be like, all right, well, let's come up with some ideas. Like, all right. So, so it's like, it's like this. If somebody says, you know, you're late all the time. Okay. I understand that I, instead of my clients, I'd be like, let me help you figure out why you're late and let's come up with a way so I can help you figure out not to be late as opposed to me just stating the obvious all the time that you're late. There's obviously a problem. It might be a time thing. Let me help you figure it out because you don't want to be late and you're missing your workout, you know? So you're not criticizing them. You're like, how can I help? Right. I mean, by the way, there's a time and a place, there's a time and a place to be, (laughs) to be, I can be an asshole, you know, I mean, I, look, I've had that to me. I've had the best recovery and moments of my life have been real people who have sat down with me and said, Ashley, you are full of shit. Mm. Okay. Like when I was in treatment, my counselor, when I was in treatment, I was, 18. you denied it. Cause you were like, I'm oh, fine. no, no. I was in treatment. And I was like, look at, I can't get any recovery here. Okay. You guys are all <laughs> jealous of me. Well, you have to understand also, I, this is what I've, I mean, this is a whole nother thing, but when, when you grow up, so, so my, I grew up with a parent that was a severe covert narcissist. Okay. This is a whole nother conversation, but right. when you grow up with a parent that your main parent is a narcissist, not overt, I, but they actually both were, but I grew up with my covert narcissist mother. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and as an empath, serious empath, the covert narcissist mothers is all these weird fucked up dynamics with, with all that stuff. So for myself growing up, with when you have a narcissist parent, they will never ever say that anything about their child or them is wrong. It's everybody else, right? So growing up, when something would happen that was wrong, my my narc, covert narcissist parent would say, "Well, they're just jealous of you, Ashley. Mm-hmm. They're just jealous." My answer to everything as a child was, "They're just <laughs> jealous of you." I'm not kidding. I mean, I was like, "They're just jealous of you." So when I got into treatment, I was like, "I can't get any recovery here." I swear, my life I was like, "No, that makes sense." Jealous of me. Everybody's jealous of me. And this is what I said, right? And this is also the same parent, like when we, I was in treatment and the parent was supposed to come and do therapy, right? But a covert narcissist parent can't sit down in a therapy session mm-hmm. with their child and take any responsibility for anything. So right, right before we went into therapy, she was like, don't, don't worry about any of this. Just tell me what, what is it that you need to tell? Is there any secrets you need to tell me? So I know before we go in there, it was like, yeah. so there was no real healing, you know, with all that, but that's what this therapist that I was in treatment, she brought me into her office and she had me sit down and she said to me, Ashley, I want to tell you something. I was like, what? I mean, I'm like 18. I'm like, you're jealous of me. (laughs) Yeah. What? And she's like, I just want you to know there is absolutely nothing about you that I'm jealous of. Oh my God. And she's like, and you can go back to your room. And I was like, (laughs) it was life-changing for me. Nobody's ever and I met people in treatment that didn't like me. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I was like, wait, you don't like me? Why don't you like me? And, and I learned that there's, there's people in life who 
don't like you for no reason. And I, I didn't know this person. I remember she, she was like, I just don't like you, Ashley. I don't like your attitude. I don't like your personality. I don't like you. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> it was the best thing I'd ever experienced. I mean, I was 18 with a bunch of adults in this treatment center for a month and a half, but it changed my life. Yeah, And that's what I'm saying. So we have to be self-reflective in order to look at our own bullshit and realize, okay, a lot of the programming we have as adults come from the programming from our parents with their own fucked up programming that they project onto us growing up, right? With these stories. And by the way, the stories of the things that may not even be true that have now spun you out as an adult. So I also say, take the time to investigate your own life. You know what I mean? And to, to, to investigate your life, to, to understand things, it really helps to make you understand who you are better. You know, that was the longest roundabout story, but I, I, I feel like it's very important that people know that just because they're your parents doesn't necessarily mean the things that they share with you are correct or healing. Yeah. It's just all that you've ever heard or know. Well, you know. It's like, no, no, it's like this. My mom said, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And then if you grow up with a single parent, you know, my, my natural dad died when I was 13. So when you grow up with a, a parent and this thing where, you know, this, you don't have the other parent, uh, there's this pedestal that you put your other parent on where you, you know, I mean, by the way, as a child, you're not like, Hmm, I wonder if the things that my parent is telling me is true in life. I mean, you're not, you're living, you're trying to survive. You know what I mean? It's not until you're out and you're older and you have the chance to reflect and look back and be like, huh, I wonder, I wonder about these things. So that stuff has helped me a lot with a lot of my own freedom. And, you know, I mean, and I would love for somebody to tell me you're, you're not recovered, Ashley, because you consume THC. I'd be like, first of all, who is anybody? It's their to projection too. It's probably somebody anybody. Be like, well, I can't have THC. So she's not recovered. It's like something they have in their mind that they throw at you. Like when yeah. I post pictures of my legs that are super muscular, cause I used to play soccer. You're a man. That's a man. And I'm like, it used to make me, I'd be like, what? And then I'm like, somebody is insecure about not being able to get muscle. So they're throwing rocks at me, but it used to make me, I mean, I would think about it all day and be like, man, like, and then I'm like, you're not a man. So why are you even letting this? This is not a true statement, but I, I still admittedly at 40 hate it when like that everybody doesn't like me or that one comment when you have like lots of nice ones and then it's like, I have really bad news for you. I know. What? You're on the internet and <laughs> I have some news that there are, but here's the thing you, okay. If there, I only care about people's opinions of people who I have respect for. That's yeah. it. Like I post something, I think, Oh, okay. What if I'm trying to think of some of John Chamberlain, right? He's a trainer. I respect. I really like, I'm like, what would he think if he was looking at this? Is this okay. form right? Or like, or like I, I will write something and I'm like, Oh, I wonder if Adam Bornstein would think this is a really good edit that I'm doing. These are only people who I respect. Right. I don't give a fuck about some <laughs> random fuck person on Instagram commenting about anything about my shit, unless I respect them. I don't care. Okay. And, and I also will put a thing on my posts I don't allow profanity. Like I have it very, um, Oh yeah. The, the words. Your thing. Mm-hmm. I don't need that shit. 
I have all words blocked. I have negative stuff blocked. I will block you immediately. Like I have no time a day. I'm trying to help people here. Like you yeah, want to come on my page. That's what sucks. It's like, I'm trying to block them. Block, 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 block. By the way, it's your page. Block whoever you want. I have no, I don't have time for that. Yeah. And I'm going to just say now, how would Ashley Borden respond to this? Yeah. I respect but that is, you. Seriously, that's what I do. I think, <laughs> okay, what would, what would so-and-so say? And like everyone is entitled to their opinion, but your opinion it only has weight if you respect them. Yeah. Because okay. right. If right now, if there was some rando that was like t- telling you something and you didn't necessarily respect where they were with their stuff, you might be like, or I don't know where they are with, I don't even know anything about, don't this know person. Exact- they just wrote something mean. You they took the it. time. I did a reel the other day, like a lip sync mom yours are good. Your, your lip syncs are good. They Thank are. You. They're funny and they're good. I appreciate it. Somebody wrote, you may, you might as well have said you just wanted to, you should have aborted her when you were pregnant. And I was like, are you, you know what I do? I I pin it to the top. I pin it to the top. I pin those comments to the top. And I'm like, what kind of comment is this? Yes. Because Instagram blocked it. It was like hidden comments. I was like, what's hidden. And I looked and it was like, you're basically saying you should have aborted your daughter when you had the chance. And I was like, are you ki- like, yeah, but that's why you, you don't take Instagram it. very serious. You take your Instagram reels very seriously, lady. But yeah, I should pin it to the top. Yeah. I mean, and then let other like, people get her <laughs> or just a show. It's embarrassing, right? People are ashamed. Yeah. They feel ashamed that they're so that's I'm like, true. you want to be highlighted. I'll hide. There was a guy once. I don't get this a lot. I actually don't get a lot of negative stuff. But there was a guy who said something really sexually inappropriate to me on 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 the post. Right. Mm-hmm. It was I don't like know what comment. he said. Comment. Yeah. So I went to his page and I was like, oh, he was obese, right? morbidly obese. Right. So I, I direct messaged him and I said, I said, hi, whatever his name was, Tim. I was like, so I just want to let you know, your comment made me feel very uncomfortable that you put on my page. And I said, why would you want me to be against you when I can help you? I don't yeah. understand that. And I said, why don't you make your page public and let me help you? You know? And then he said, I'm so sorry. And I said, okay, but I need you to publicly apologize to me just like you publicly shame me on my page. Wow. So he did, he posted on it. I put it in my stories where I copied and pasted what he put in my stories in wow. the negative and then the positive. But I was like, you, I said, I just want you to know, just like you wouldn't want anyone coming to your page and saying anything horrible to you. I said, it really made me feel really uncomfortable with what you said. And so he apologized. I love that. The people who are trolls are really little kids that just want to be seen. Yeah. You know, they're people that that just, they just want to be acknowledged and seen. And the only way that they get, or narcissistically, the only way they get any supply is by any type of response, whether it's negative Mm. or positive, Mm -hmm. you know, because as we know, narcissists are a whole nother thing. I'm an expert. I love it. But, you know, narcissism and people who are in relationships with that, any supply, whether it's positive or negative is, is good for them. So generally with trolls and stuff like that, when it's stupid, you know, I just delete it and I block them. Okay. You know, I'm like, you're lost. You don't get to see my page, but I <laughs> no. I have and, a really good lip sync that you're not going to get to see tomorrow. Yeah. And you have great <laughs> lip sync. You really do. But I just, I just think, I think it's great what you're doing. And I think that, I think it's a really good example that recovery and people's mental wellness can come in all different shapes and sizes and people should not judge people's recovery. And the fact that you have a podcast and a book and you want to help other people find a healthy balance in your way, not everybody's 12 step. Mm-hmm. Not everybody needs to go to treatment. Not everybody's on the brink of death with their alcoholism. Not mm-hmm. a, some people are, some people aren't. So yeah. there's such a big spectrum of it. I think it's, some, it's great that you're 
you know, able to help people who are attracted to that, you know? Thank you. I adore you. This episode was way more than I thought it ever could be. What you are fabulous at, you're the exercises that you shared just on your Instagram. Like people that follow you, they don't need to be, obviously you should sign up for any fitness stuff that you have. Like I save all of your workouts. So if anybody's not following Ashley Borden fitness on Instagram, but if someone else is inspired, um, they want to change their life. Maybe they want to talk about um, OA or narcissism or everything else that you are so (laughs) well-versed in. How does someone contact you? So my Instagram is Ashley Borden Fitness. I'm actually right now redoing my website, but it's still up. My website is ashleyborden.com, but you can see all of my programs and everything that I have and all the discounts of everything right on my Instagram in my link because I made it easier to kind of navigate. I'm also on Twitter. I love, I still love Twitter. I, it's I so different about than Twitter. It's I'm so, not anti, it's, I just forget. It's so different. I just feel like I could talk in a different way on Twitter, but uh, <laughs> Ashley Borden on Twitter, I do private coaching for businesses, for other trainers and um, mind over muscle, which is my business course, which is a whole nother, that's my child that I just launched this year. So, um, you know, there's a lot of resources I have and there's a lot of free resources I have as well. So if someone's inspired to start a wellness journey, like what is the first step? Like, where do they start? Well, I, my, my food plan. Oh, actually, which I never even mentioned. I have a, yeah. food, my food plan is called, it's interesting. It's called the SOS food plan. Okay. Ooh. And my SOS food plan that I wrote years ago is stands for satiation of senses. And it's hmm. because most people, when you binge, right, you binge on stuff that has no color or texture. Nobody's binging necessarily on like a colorful, crunchy salad or, you know, <laughs> right. So, um, this was really the food plan that got me out of my disordered eating and into eating like a normal person. And it's all hand and fist sizing. And it's basically like more Mediterranean because it's a little bit higher fat, um, good carbohydrates, but it's not a diet at all. Is that on your link tree in your Instagram? Yes. Also on my link tree. Okay. I would say, you know what? It's just focus on being the strongest version of yourself. If you just shift all of your goals into being like, okay, I don't know what it is. I just want to become strong. What can, and you strong is your word. You're like, what's a good strength thing for my legs? What's a good strong? The more you just focus on being strong, your whole body will come in. Don't focus on being skinny, focus yes. on being strong because the side effect of that is that you look great and your body is in such a better place for you as you get older. If you continue to chase the dragon, the way we did in our twenties, I'm going to tell you, it's going to come to a screeching halt and then you're going to be, yeah, we'll be chasing the dragon for the rest of our life. Right. So have your strength training, more freedom with your mind and your food. I like what you're doing, you know, moderation. It's all about moderation. Thank you so much for listening to the squats and margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So you never miss an episode and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of squats and margaritas.